Hey everyone, welcome back to the Live with Rachel podcast. I'm Rachel and today we're going to be continuing studying through the book of Romans and specifically today we're going to be reading through Romans chapter 6 verses 1 to 11. So just to recap from the last episode, we've looked at Romans 5 which answered questions like how can we be sure what Jesus did for us is actually going to last? How is it possible for God to save us through the death of Jesus? And we also looked at the seven blessings of our justification and the basis of our justification. So in the section that we're about to read, it feels like Paul was anticipating his Jewish readers to start objecting to the things that he was saying. So here he starts to go into defending the doctrine of justification by faith, and he breaks the objections down into three main ones. Number one, if God's grace increases whenever we sin, then we should just continue to sin so that we might experience more grace. Number two, if we're not under the old law in the Old Testament, then we should be free to just live however we want. And finally, three, Paul, you've twisted God's laws and you've made them sinful. So, That's what the three objections that he's going to be breaking down are. So for me personally, we're about to get into why I love the letter of Romans so much, because we still have people asking these questions today and thinking these false assumptions. So I feel like it's super relevant for us today, and I just cannot wait to go through this one. So on the one hand, I feel like you've got people who are legalists, and they just get triggered whenever anyone does anything they believe they shouldn't be doing. But on the other hand, you also have the lukewarm people who think that we now have the license to just do whatever we want, and we'll still go to heaven no matter what, and be right with God, and all of that stuff. So This section is really going to get all up into that, and Paul in particular dives deeper into sanctification as well. He actually talks about how we can live our lives in victory, liberty, and security. And he also explains our relationship to our bodies, which here the word they use is the flesh, the law, and the Holy Spirit. And he even gives us three instructions for being victorious over sin. So we're going to start by looking at all of that today, and we're going to be looking through again verses 1 to 11, and it says this in the New Living Translation. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. So Paul makes this very clear for us that he wants us to understand just basic doctrine. Now, if you don't know what doctrine means, it's just a fancy word for instruction especially as it applies to lifestyle application. In other words, doctrine is teaching that's just given by someone in authority, and here it's in regards to the spiritually related things. So the Bible tells me that Christians are to be careful about what we believe and present as the truth, which I guess is why you see lots of Christians often debating what they think is right and wrong. 
So biblical doctrine helps us to understand the will of God for our lives and it teaches us the nature and the character of God, like being saved through faith, which is what we're looking at today, but also the instruction for the church and God's standard of holiness and goodness for our lives. When we accept the Bible as God's word to us, we have a solid foundation for our doctrine. But true biblical doctrine is what incorporates the whole counsel of God according to Acts chapter 20 verse 27. It draws conclusions based on that which seems most closely aligned with the character of God. So whose character, I might add, his character never changes. God is always the same. So if we don't study the word of God for ourselves, we can't know for certain if we are walking on the path that God designed for us and more likely we are able to make mistakes. God ultimately wants us to know his heart and has given us his word, which is the Bible, which we can build godly Christ-like lives. The more you study true doctrine, the more you'll understand God and yourselves. And if Satan can keep you ignorant, then the more he can keep you helpless and ineffective in life. So when you trust in God and trust what Jesus has done for you, you're in Christ. And I talked about the lingo and stuff like that in earlier podcasts, but once you are in Christ, you're now identified in him too. So whatever happened to Jesus happened to you. When he died, you died. When he rose again, you rose again. And according to the Bible, you are now seated with him in the heavenlies. Because of this new relationship with Jesus, the believer has a totally new relationship to sin. Verses two to five say this, since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. So here Paul talks about baptism, and I'm not going to go too much into water baptism or spiritual baptism, which is receiving the Holy Spirit when you become a new believer. But basically, when a person trusts in Jesus, they're immediately born into the family of God and are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. You can read Acts chapter 10 if you want to go into more depth on this area, but Peter says in Acts chapter 10 verse 43, everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. And then Paul says later in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So say, for example, someone is addicted to something and they physically die. They are no longer tempted by that addiction. In the same way, in Jesus, we have died to sin so that we no longer want to continue to sin. But more than that, we are now actually alive in Jesus because of Jesus. We walk throughout life with a newness because we share in Jesus' life now. Like Paul says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now, sometimes Christians, and me included, we can forget how totally awesome this really is. We're saved, we're going to heaven, but we're also in Christ. We're walking in his victory now. Life isn't mediocre. We shouldn't be lukewarm just going to church on like Easter or Christmas only and saying we're Christians, but we're not really living it out. We 
need to deliberately live a new life, one that's not in sin. We have a new relationship to sin now because of our identification with Jesus. The believer is now dead to the old way of life and they now have the ability to live a brand new life. And we wouldn't want to go back to our old life at all. Verses 6 to 10 say, We know that our sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So to reiterate, sin is crossing the line of God's law. It's rebellion against God himself. And it started with Lucifer, who is an angel who is now called Satan. He was the most beautiful, most powerful of all of the angels, but he wasn't satisfied with his position. So he wanted to be higher than God. He wanted to be better than God. And this was his downfall. The pride that he had, that was the beginning of sin. And Satan brought sin into the human race in the garden back in Genesis in the Bible when he tempted Adam and Eve with the same lie. He believed also that you should shall be like God. And since then, sin has passed down through all generations of people. And that's what we were talking about in the last episode. Sin is a terrible, terrible master, but ultimately we are the ones who choose if we want sin to control us or if we want God to. Sin wants to be our master and it will find a way to gain control in our old ways of thinking and acting. But because of Jesus, we are now dead to sin and our old ways were also crucified on the cross with him. Paul here is stating a fact. Sin and death have no control over Jesus because Jesus broke the power of sin. Anyone who is living a sinful lifestyle yet claiming to be a Christian is either lying, is self-deceived, or is a person who is going to experience God's judgment and discipline ultimately. The difference between a sinning unbeliever and a sinning believer is one that will love it and the other will absolutely hate it. A believing person who messes up will regret it, confess what they've done, and wishes to never do it again, and will seek God's power and grace to avoid it again in the future. It's not about how much sin can I get away with now that I'm a Christian or how far can I go before I start to sin? But the real question should be how much can you avoid even the appearance of sin in the future? Lastly, verse 11 says this, so you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. The word consider here is also the word reckon, which means to put onto one's account. So simply to believe what God says in his word is really true in your life. Paul isn't saying to just feel like you're dead to sin or to fully understand it, but to actually act on it and claim it for yourself. It's like when you get a payslip from work after you finish a shift and it tells you that you will be paid a certain amount by the end of the week. You believe the payslip because you believe that you will have money in your account because you have gone and done the work. So the word considering here is acting on that fact. He's telling us that we are dead to sin and alive unto God and then commands us to act on it And even if we don't act on it, it's still true. Anyway, I'm going to cut it short right here. So that's going to be the end of the episode today. We talked about the mind and the heart, but next time we'll be covering the person's will. And we'll pick up right off where we left off in the next one. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye, everyone. 